You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Are you kidding me? Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. All right, welcome in. Winning Cures Everything. This is the Sunday College Football Week 3 Recap Reaction Show. I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And who? what a fantastic weekend of football. Chris, this was the... The most that has happened that that really makes you question what this season is going to be like, right? That's right. I mean, it. I, I can't even. Here's here's the three storylines that I wrote down for for this weekend. Nobody is elite except maybe Georgia, and I don't know that that they're elite, but we'll see. Um, officiating is as bad as it has been, or as has ever been, um, and then the Pac-12 is a disaster outside of Oregon. <laughs> I think the Pac-12 might be. The worst Power Five conference. Um, the Big Twelve seems to be okay, you know. I, but then again, who knows? Who knows? But the Pac-12 yesterday was not good for that bunch out on that coast. Good gracious! Uh, let's go ahead and get through the rundown so that we can get into the games themselves. WinningCuresEverything.com is the website. Go ahead and check that out. Everywhere that you need to be subscribed, every show that we appear on, everywhere that you need to follow, you can check it out right there. Um, in Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, the podcast, et cetera. If you would, leave us a a nice five-star review over at Apple Podcasts. That certainly helps out. And, of course, jump in on YouTube. Brown Yeti's already in. He said, hey, fellas, I'm not very happy with the state game. We're going to get to it. Don't you worry. Uh, because, whew, you want to talk about some officiating stuff. Good gracious. BetUS brings us the show every single time we do it. BetUS, where the game begins, you can use the promo code NCAAF. 2021. There is a link in the description. So go ahead and check that bad boy out. Um, it's I'm telling you, awesome, awesome sports book. They do fantastic stuff. They've treated me well forever. They will treat you well forever. BetUS.com, where the game begins. Again, promo code NCAAF2021. And Chris does a college football show for SBR. You can find it at SBRPicks.com slash NCAAF. I do one for BetUS. Uh, you can find the link in the description to both of those. Make sure you are subscribed. Check them out. We do multiple shows each week. Uh, even between us, we do three Winning Cure shows, but we do five college football shows outside of that. So we, we're doing eight shows a week. I mean, pretty pretty crazy stuff. And we might do more, depending on what we want to do. I mean, who knows? We enjoy this. All right, Chris, um, I was going to start us off with Alabama and Florida. Does that you think You think that's the right way to start? That's fine. Okay. 
Florida, 29. Alabama, 31. Florida, a 91% post-game win expectancy. Uh, Florida ran all over Alabama. I'm talking nonstop. Now, here's what's crazy. The first quarter, Alabama went out to a 21-3 lead and looked like they were just going to run away with this thing in the swamp. Like Bryce Young came out and was firing on all cylinders, looked fantastic. Uh, and then Florida settled in. Everything looked good. Florida ran 43 times for 245 yards. That is 5.7 a clip. Had four rushing touchdowns. Emory Jones looked pretty good passing the ball. Uh, he was not fantastic. He did have the one pick that ended up costing him a touchdown early. 18 out of 28, 195 yards. Uh, this was not what you are used to seeing from a uh, an Alabama football team. This was strange. So... Give me your thoughts here. What uh what do you think happened here in the swamp? This is uh at you you said betting against home teams was was going to be something we regret uh this season. And it certainly looked like yep. it in this game. That that swamp crowd was bananas. So here's one thing that I was a little annoyed about watching this game. I think CBS dumbed down the crowd noise bad oh, because yeah. watching it on TV, you did, you couldn't hear you couldn't hear it at all. Every ESPN game so far, even every Fox game so far, you can absolutely hear the crowd noise and you can tell how it's affecting the game. You could not get an idea of how the crowd noise was actually working because CBS just dumbed it down. I thought that was a huge mistake by them. More and more as this contract finishes out and just limps to to a finish line, it it just pisses me off watching a game on their on their channel, on their network. Um, this game went about as I expected Alabama and, and Florida to go. Um, I know you're not going to like hearing this, Gary, Alabama, Alabama should have lost this game. Alabama should have lost this game three times. And it's not because, um, of, of a lot of other things, every big third down, every big third down, Alabama got a massive call go their way every time. Um, and, and it's just going to always happen. It's infuriating for SEC fans to watch Alabama football because you're not only beating it to having to play a team that has all better players than you, not some better players than you. Every position on the field, Alabama has an advantage over you. In the coaching staff, every coach on the field, Alabama has, a, has an advantage over you almost. And they get the benefit of the SEC propping them up. If they every, everyone models what Nick Saban is doing and how consistent he has been over the decade of, of being there, and you know what? If they lose a game in the SEC, everybody should just be fired because nobody in the world should should have that many advantages and ever lose a game ever. Uh, so it's really really frustrating um, to watch because Florida played their hearts out. Florida did everything they were supposed to do to win this game, and and I know that you could nitpick a lot of calls that go certain ways. But on big third downs, two of those first three touchdowns would have been punts. But Bama, Bama got a call that wasn't a call, and it happens. And so it's just really frustrating. They couldn't stop the defense. I watched this game play against Miami, and I said Miami's trash. That don't, don't think Alabama's the best team in the country. Miami's garbage. Then you beat the hell out of a high school team, and now you play a good team, and you should lose this game. Um, if I was to rank, I don't do rankings before four weeks of, of data, but if I was to rank right now, I would have Alabama in the top five. I would have Alabama third. I would have Georgia and Ole Miss one and two. Um, I think they're better than them. 
I just don't think Bama's the best team in the country, and I don't think it's it, – they're just not. Hey, you are not going to get disagreement out of me. Um, they, there were there were not a lot of drives in this game. I will, I will say that. It, especially second half, uh, Florida had three drives, and, and they scored a touchdown on each one. And it came down to could Alabama score to keep up, right? Like to, to maintain right. their lead. And so we went uh, 10 play, 75 yard touchdown drive for Florida to start the second half. Then you have a 13 play, 75 yard drive from Alabama uh, to go up 28 16. Florida comes back down and just runs it down their throat. 11 plays, 99 yards in, in a little over four minutes and it cuts it 28 23. Uh, Alabama goes down, scores a field goal, had a uh, had a call go against them at the goal line, a, a, a false start, you know, whatever. But that was a 14-play, 64-yard drive that took six minutes and bumped it up to eight, right? So the missed extra point is the the huge play here. Killer. Um, killer. Just absolute killer. Absolute killer. Uh, the interception in the first half, or in the first quarter, absolutely killed Emory Jones as well um, because that that handed them seven points. That, that was a 38-yard field at that point. That's right. Um, so then Alabama's forced to punt late, 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 you know, four seconds left or whatever. Uh, Florida had one shot to throw a Hail Mary, and Emory they Jones didn't even get it off. Yeah. When you, that's even a Hail Mary situation because yeah. they were 75. Like, you can't throw the ball 80 yards. Like, yeah. No, that's, it's, not, it's that's not a Hail Mary. You need to be at the 50-yard line to be a Hail Mary. So Alabama's offensive line cannot run block. They're not great at pass blocking. Their defensive line uh, cannot stop the run. The Secondary is questionable. They they had some good plays, but eh. uh, I will tell you this: I, we're not going to talk about Ole Miss Tulane, but Lane Kiffin is going to hang a fifty burger in Tuscaloosa, and and yeah. it is he's got he's got two weeks to prepare. Yes, and, and yeah, I, I I think you're right. Oh, he is absolutely coming in there, guns blazing, and and they are going to be able to put up so many points. You know, Arch Manning is visiting Tuscaloosa that weekend. Yeah, that's not good for Alabama. <laughs> no, it's not. No, no, you, you should have had you should have had him come visit when when LSU comes in or or yeah. a bad football team comes in. Yes. Mississippi State. You don't don't Ole, don't bring him in for Ole Miss. Ole Miss is on fire right now, but we we won't get into that. We won't get into that. Uh, let's move on to the next big game of the weekend, and that would be Penn State twenty eight, Auburn twenty, and. Again, officiating snafus just kind of all over the place. Missed pass interference calls, and some of them were questionable and whatnot. The referees making Penn State punt on third down was insane, absurd. I mean, how how does that even happen? Um, We we have replay, and replay is not being used. It's like we're back in the damn Stone Ages. And but this is worse than the Stone Ages. It feels like like I don't remember this stuff happening way back when. Like I just you and I are old enough to to have sat through when when there was no instant replay and all that kind of stuff, right? I remember feeling robbed after games. But also, I don't feel like some of them were as egregious as as this stuff. I feel like there's so much pressure on these games sometimes that that maybe maybe some of these guys just put their foot down for no reason. Like they it's an ego thing almost. But I, I, I can't so figure it So it's like everything else in the world, Gary. Uh, go out into the public. Go out into the ethos and tell me where people are doing a good job. Okay? Like, go to a restaurant. Go, go to a, a store and see if you get service. See if anybody gives a shit about, about you as a customer at all. We are the customers. And, and, and the people who run this stuff aren't any good at their job either. 
they, they just have a different job than the person, you know, waiting tables or trying to go. We, they, I just don't think there's enough people in the world that want to do these jobs. So the guys that do do the jobs don't give a shit because they know they're untouchable. You can't fire me. You can't do anything to me because you don't have anybody to replace me with because nobody wants this shitty job. Yes. Yes. You are not incorrect. So, so Penn State looked awesome. The crowd was amazing. ABC, so we just talked about CBS not not pumping in that crowd noise. Yes. ABC put it all out there. <laughs> it was it was all but, crowd noise. But hang on, they they've done they've done that since the beginning of the season. Yes. There's a they've reason done people- it since, if Fox does it too. They're so great to watch games on and CBS just turn the volume down to where you couldn't even, I literally was thinking is this crowd asleep the whole time? Uh, it was rainy. It was all that kind of stuff. But no, they were fired up. If you go uh, check out Ross Dellinger's you Twitter. Wouldn't, you wouldn't and, know it by watching it. Yeah. No, it, you, you go check out some of these other Twitter accounts and the videos that they posted from from them singing uh, yes. Won't Back Down, you know, the Tom Petty song between the third and fourth quarter. Like, it is unbelievable atmosphere in Gainesville. This was was on top of that, though. I think the Penn State whiteout yeah. all the time is, is a fantastic spectacle. And, yeah, this was bananas to watch the intro getting the the team onto the field was insane hundred thousand people all wearing white i mean it was unreal sean clifford was the story of the game to me because he has been a question mark for this team for as long as i can remember at this point it feels like he's been there forever and i know he hasn't but in this game 28 out of 32 280 yards two touchdowns he had one pick uh, and he ran the ball six times for 16 yards. Like he, Mike Yursich is doing a fantastic job with him at quarterback. Uh, their their offense looks good right now. Like it, it looks really good. How how did you feel about it? Yeah, I thought they were really well uh, coached. I thought they played really well. I, I'm with you. Sean Clifford looks better than I was expecting him to look when he came into the season. Um, he what he does best is he protects the football. And, and that's that's the biggest thing. The guy just has not turned the football over. He doesn't make mistakes. That team is good enough to where if you don't make mistakes, there's nobody you won't be in the game with. And and no, nobody's good enough in the country to blow you out if you don't give them extra possessions, if you don't turn the football over. And, and I think he's the right guy for that. Um, and when he needs to make a big play, he's come up with some big plays. And I think that's massive. When you have that kind of a suffocating defense that they play, it those are two things that that's all you need out of your quarterback is to not screw the game up and when you need a big play to come in big. Um, he's done both of those. He's done both of those really well. I want to talk about Auburn for a minute. We didn't know anything about this Auburn team because they beat the hell out of the deaf, blind, and dumb for the first three uh, two weeks. <laughs> and it, it's one of those situations where I, I really didn't know were they going to be good or, or was Penn State going to steamroll them? Yeah. I had a feeling I think this Auburn team is much better than I thought before the season started. Um, they have an identity. They, not they, just have an identity. Dude, I, I know I know you shit all over this Brian Harson's hire. Man, I, I oh, think he's I'm, the I right guy. Wrong. I yeah. Hang on. I, you and I have watched three years of Bo Nix not be good at football at all. At all. And Bo Nix looks like a capable competent quarterback. I don't know that this is a knock on Gus Malzahn outside of Bo Nix doesn't run a Gus Malzahn system. And Malzahn wasn't able to adapt his system, so he brought in someone else to try to 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 coach him. And that said person could not coach him either. Brian Harson seems to be 
pretty damn good at Auburn. I think Auburn's a hell of a lot better than we thought they were before the season started. They're going to be in contention for the uh, for the West as well. Oh, I think so as well. Uh, Forty carries, one hundred and eighty-two yards. Them having to play them 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 having to play Georgia in in the East as a crossover is the hardest thing in the world this year because Ole Miss looks unbelievable, Alabama's still unbelievable, and then you got to play Georgia. Those are three conference games that Auburn. I, I, if they win one out of three, is a miracle. And, you know, I, I do tend to agree. Uh, they their lines look fantastic, absolutely fantastic. Nick's Great. not bad in this game, by the way. Twenty one out of thirty seven passing, one hundred eighty five yards, uh, no touchdowns, no picks, which is it, kind of insane that he would go on the road and not throw interceptions, knowing what we've known about him. I forever. was just about to say against his defense, yeah, not turning the ball over, that's a win. You yes. take that before the game starts. You tell me Bo Nix doesn't have any touchdowns. But you know what you're getting out of this running game, and he doesn't turn the ball over a single time. You take that 100 percent of the time and say we're going to be in this football game. And and really, what may have cost you the game, the fumble by Kobe Hudson, um, the fumble. Brown Yeti said on uh, the kickoff return. Uh, no, not the not the kickoff return, but the uh, the trick play that they tried to run where they they toss it to oh, a wide receiver oh, and they, run they, back. They, and, yeah. yeah, so that may have cost them the game. And then, of course, the other questionable decision was the the fourth and goal where it's fourth and goal from the two. And I will tell you this, a lot of reports last night from on the field, like Holly Rowe and, and several other people saying that the Auburn players were pissed about that play call because it, it, they, they ran a little fade to the corner of the end zone and, and let Bo try and make the play as opposed to, like, they were yeah, gashing Penn State's Giving defense. it to Tank? Yes. Give it to Tank Bigsby. Let him it, try and Give win it, it to that big monster in the backfield? That, Jesus, that's what man. I would have done. But either way, it's that's not That's what I would have done too, brother. Hey, I, I want to go back to the Florida game. Everybody was criticizing Dan for the play call. It wasn't executed well on the two-point conversion. Oh, but Auburn yeah. was running – I mean, Auburn. Florida was running the football down Alabama's throat. I absolutely would have ran the ball there, yes. overthrowing the football there, that's, right? That's not even a but question. Like, like, everybody crushed Dan on the play call. No, 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 no. They didn't block it well at all. At all. For the first no. time all game, they didn't block on a play that was really important. But that ain't Dan's fault. Dan made the right call. The, Run the football right there. The blocking on that, by the way, was was actually not terrible. Uh, Emory kept the football just a, a touch too long. You think there. he held on to it? A, a, but, yeah. but it was an execution thing. It wasn't yes. a bad play call thing. No, it wasn't That's a bad play call. absolutely the right play call. Yes, it was It was execution. It was absolutely yeah. execution. And, and, Harson should have done it. Harson should have given the ball to the big son gun that runs behind him. Yes. And now Tank was, he only averaged 4.4 yards per carry in this game. But all you needed but, was two. But all you needed was two. Like, uh, you, sure. He averaged 4.4. I'll take it when I only need two. No, you, you ain't wrong about that. You ain't wrong about that. All right. Now, I want to jump into this one. Um, okay. And we don't have to spend long on it. I don't know if you sat up and watched it, but I sat up until almost 2 a.m. and watched Fresno State upset UCLA in the Rose Bowl 40 to 37 and it was a an absolute spectacle it, it was the most incredible thing Jake Hayner and what he did at the end of that ball game was so unbelievable he was 39 out of 53 455 yards two touchdowns Ronnie Rivers from Fresno the running back that I've that I've been talking about all offseason man 21 carries, 136 yards, two touchdowns. Fresno's wide receiver, uh, Jake Cro- or Jalen Cropper, excuse me, 14 receptions, 141 yards, one touchdown. Like, this team was on a mission. Like, we, we both picked UCLA because I thought they'd be able to run the ball and, and whatnot. 
Uh, DTR, no picks in this game. They they put up yardage as well, but they didn't put up near the yardage. They the didn't finish. They, they, they absolutely didn't finish. did not finish. Their defense looked like garbage. Absolute oh garbage in the, in the at the end of this ball game. And and I don't know if that's because of Fresno Gary, or hey, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's it. That's it. Fred, listen, Fred, Fresno Fresno's a much better football team on the offensive side of the ball than LSU. That's just the truth. Oh, yeah. That's the truth. This Fred, this Fresno football team is good. Me and you both said that. They were really good. We thought they had a shot to win this game. I thought it'd be closer than it was. Um, but I, I kind of thought UCLA would would be in front, but always being pressed to keep scoring. Uh, Fresno got out early, and Fresno never, like, really trailed. They never lost the lead. Like, they just were always in control of this game. When they needed the first down, they got it. When they needed the score, they got it. It was un- unbelievable. Yes. It was It was so I, – I, I wanted to get in the bed early or earlier last night. I and wouldn't. It, it, no, I, I couldn't leave this game. This is the no. fourth quarter. So heading into the fourth quarter, um, we had a 26-17 to 17 Fresno State lead. And this is how it went. UCLA scores a touchdown with eight minutes left in the game to make it 26-24. And then UCLA scores 40 seconds later <laughs> to make it 30-26. to 26. And then you've got Fresno scoring with just under three minutes left to make it 33-30. to 30. UCLA scores with 54 seconds left to make it 37-33. And then UCLA allows Fresno to drive basically the length of the field, a 75-yard drive in uh, 40 seconds. Six plays, 75 yards, 40 seconds. I, and Jake Hayner is, is in pain, and he's holding his hip. And he's, oh, he's a folk hero at this point, man. <laughs> listen, dude, you, you used the phrase, they allowed them. I don't. I don't think they allowed them to do anything. I think Fresno said we're taking this. Yeah. There's not a and there's not a damn thing you can do hey, about. Did it. you see the Twitter? Uh, the the tweet from Fresno State's uh, athletic department. No, I didn't stay. I listened as soon as this game was over. I crawled my ass in bed. It, it was. It, they had a picture of like the Hollywood sign, but with mm-hmm. everything gone except the L, and it said "Thanks, Los Aww. Angeles," like L O S S Angeles. <laughs> I mean, just fantastic social media stuff. They are trolling like crazy. Yeah. Hey, uh, Casey jumped in on the twat uh, on the tw- on the twat on the chat on the twatter. <laughs> he said, "Blah, worst week ever, forty-two uh, percent." Uh, I did have BYU and Utah State. Yeah, yeah. And then Virginia gave that game away. No, they got beat by three touchdowns. That is not giving it away. That is uh, that is North Carolina saying that's it. That's we taking this. All right. Yeah. That's o- right. Oklahoma and Nebraska, and we didn't expect this to be a ball game, and yet. Here we are discussing it because I think I think I was way, way wrong, and I owe everybody a public apology because Oklahoma is straight garbage. This is ridiculous. I don't think the national been, championship game, they're not gonna they're not gonna make it to the Big 12 title game. Who in the Big 12 is gonna beat them? Uh I think TCU will beat them. I think Oklahoma will beat them. Hell, I think Texas might beat them. I think Iowa State might beat them. This yeah. team is not good at football. No, hang on. That's not true. They are good at football. That's a that's a gross exaggeration. They are not close to what everyone made them out to be. You're not this wrong. Nebraska's defense is about as average as, as you can be. They're not bad. They're not great. And the fact that they shut this offense down for a large point of this game is insane this defense absolutely is not good i think everybody is going to score on them i i I don't think you're wrong i don't think 
that Spencer Rattler is the best quarterback on this team. Now, I joked about this in the offseason multiple times, but I think Caleb Williams is the better quarterback. Now, he he has not gotten the opportunity yet, no. but I don't think it's far from happening. Now, Spencer did not turn the ball over, uh, nothing crazy, but he was 24 out of 34, 214 yards at one touchdown. It was serviceable. They had 194 yards rushing. Like, Lincoln finally figured out, oh, wait, we're not as efficient when we pass the ball. Maybe we need to run with some of these backs that we got stockpiled here. I, yeah, that's imagine that. Imagine that. Illinois, not a good football team, ran the ball down this Nebraska's throat like it wasn't nothing. Why the hell isn't everybody else doing that? Why aren't you Oklahoma? Why are you throw the ball at all? Just run the ball the entire game and you score 40. Hey, here's here's what we'd had. Uh, Eric Gray, 15 carries for 84 yards, average 5.6. Kennedy good. Brooks, 14 carries, 75 yards, 5.4 yards per carry, and a touchdown. Spencer Rattler, 6 carries for 35 yards, 5.8. For an average of 5.5 per carry on 35, they had almost 200 yards rushing. Everybody and, can run the ball on this defense. Yes. Why, this why, was, why was this game close? Because huh. of coaching. Yes. I I think there is something going on in Oklahoma big time. They they missed uh, a field goal. Now, both teams missed a field goal. Um, Nebraska actually missed well, Nebraska's two Nebraska's kicking game is terrible. Uh, terrible. If, if, if their kicking game had been uh, on point, they win this ball game, right? Not, yeah, not well, to just do the math. Win the like, ball game, but it 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 looks it looks substantially different. At, at some point in time, it was seven to three, and it would have been they 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 had eight points missed on 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 kicking. Okay, yeah. That, so well, yeah, that's yeah. A, that's a big difference in the first half. Yeah, yeah. I I'm it, I, I don't understand how how it got to this point. Like I I don't. <laughs> Because Nebraska's not good, they're just not. Do they make? Do so we many think mistakes. there's any? Do we think there's any world? Do we think there's any world where the game is catching up to Lincoln? And Lincoln first got on scene, and he was this dynamo of an offensive play caller and a head coach, and he brought excitement and he brought freshness. And now he's been coaching for four years, and everybody kind of knows what he does, and nobody's afraid of him. Lincoln. When when he was really coming on the scene, when he was making the playoff, when he was doing all that, he was taking in quarterbacks that were transferring in, and so he didn't have to fully develop them. Right? They already no, had their fundamentals. Develop anybody? He's never developed anyone. He just well, took somebody. He he helped out uh, Jalen Hurts quite a bit, and he I think he I think he helped out yeah, Kyler that's Murray. Right. Um, that's because, right. You know, Kyler Murray wasn't great when he was at Texas A and M, but then he comes in and they and he he fits the offense to what the quarterback is best at, right? So I'm going to give him props on that. But what I'm curious about is, can you take a, a stud recruit in and fully develop him up? And I, I don't know what Spencer Rattler is, because there are times where he looks fantastic. And I don't know that this is necessarily on Lincoln, but I, there is a – you're not wrong. I think there's a possibility that people have caught on to what Lincoln Riley is doing and they have figured out tendencies – in this offense that they can slow down. Like, there there are moments me, in every game let, where they get stopped and, and you just never used to see it, right? Let me tell you this. Against Iowa State and TCU, this offense will not run the ball the way they ran the ball against Nebraska at all. And both of those offenses, I think, are better than Nebraska's. They, they better buckle the damn chin, chin strap and they better come with a different game plan than they've come so far three games in. Yes, yes. Because at some point in time, there are there are two teams that I think are are better coached than they are, 
and 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 are just built to play different kinds of football. And if you can't play it, you're gonna get you're gonna get run out of the gym. You're just gonna get run off the field. Yes, um, successful plays. I mean, Oklahoma had 62 percent success rate in this game, uh, which is fantastic. Like the numbers always somehow end up looking good somehow. And but think about this, Gary. This is a bad football team that they played. It should have been a better number than that. Yes. I mean, their offensive EPA in this game was 20.57. Nebraska's was 4.54, and yet it was a touchdown game. Like, yes. I, it, I, I just I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me. Nebraska's um, offense was one man, Adrian Martinez. Yes. And, and, that's, and you can't I mean, shut that's down a one-dimensional football team? <laughs> <laughs> what do you, what do you do when you play these other teams that can score multiple different ways? You got me. You got just, me. Th- this is this is the enigma that I can't understand. You have better talent than all of these other teams, and it's not in the Big Twelve. It's not close. This is not Alabama, Florida. Okay, yeah. this is Oklahoma, and everybody else is on the damn floor compared to what you've got. Yes, I, I don't understand it. I never will. Nobody's I, got a top twenty-five recruiting class outside of Texas. Nobody. It's, and you're a top five recruiting class. How how are we in the same game? I, I wish that I and These knew. teams want to come to the SEC. Them in Texas want to come to the SEC. You struggle to beat Nebraska? You'll get your ass knocked off when you get over here. Now, I, I will say this before we move on to the next topic. I, I do want to give Nebraska credit because as bad as they looked in week one, it, they still have mistakes. They still have this and that. But, but for three straight games now, they have looked like a competent football team. <laughs> It, again, I do think this is Nebraska like, Super Bowl. Oh yeah, I do yes, believe yes. that this was this was Scott. Fra- I think Scott Frost knew if I won this game, no matter what happens the rest of the year, I don't get fired. Yeah, yeah, you're you're not wrong. You are not wrong about that. So, um, it's it, it was an interesting game. We'll say that. We'll say that. Let's move on. Let's talk about Cincinnati and Indiana and who uh, thirty-eight to twenty-four. Cincinnati gets this W. Um, Michael Penix. It, he ain't he ain't right. Something something is way wrong. Uh, two touchdowns, three picks, but he was seventeen out of forty for two hundred twenty four yards. Uh, his QBR was not good. My if you watch the BetUS show, my point on this why I did not bet on Cincinnati was I need to see Indiana's defensive line against Cincinnati's offensive line, and early on because I said if they can make Desmond Ritter uncomfortable. Because he's not been uncomfortable in forever. If they can make him uncomfortable, even with an early kick and whatnot, then then Indiana's got a shot in this game because I think that their offensive line can help them run the ball, and they did. Uh, Indiana's rushing attack, 37 carries, 152 yards, 4.1 per carry. But here's the deal. In the first half, the majority of the first half, they were averaging like six yards a clip. And, and since he got it fixed in the second half, cheers to him. They were down 14 to 10 at the half and came out in the second half and, and blew the doors off Indiana. Absolutely took advantage of every miscue, everything, uh, forced Penix into some really bad decisions, and it, it found a way to win this ballgame. I mean, the numbers are not great as far as offense goes at all. Uh, Jerome Ford, 20 carries, 66 yards, only 3.3 per carry. Desmond Ritter, 10 carries, 45 yards. He threw the ball 20 out of 36, 210 yards, one touchdown, one pick. I it, it, Penix is, is not – Casey jumps in on the chat. He said, Penix definitely ain't healthy. He's a top-five college quarterback when healthy. But Ritter and Sauce are my dogs, and since he's going undefeated, baby. Uh, it, since he may go undefeated, they might. But 
that Notre Dame game looks a lot more questionable now because when Cincy was just running off like 42 to 7 games, it, it made you think of them differently. When they were getting dominated early in this game, it kind of made me question that, right? I, it, I don't know what the perception is yeah. at this point. So, go ahead. So, my... My breakdown, my breakdown of this team was, uh, this game was, I believed both these teams mirrored one another more than any matchup that we were going to see this weekend. Okay, I think both of these football coaches are built identically. I think they play the exact same style. I think they want to get you with, uh, you know, aggressive pass rush, against aggressive defense on the front seven. They want to suffocate you in the back, and, and, and they want to run the football. What I found weird and why I think Cincinnati struggled was instead of trying to um, develop the run game early, they came out trying to throw the football early and Ritter struggled and, and, and he looked like he wasn't right. And instead of saying, okay, Let's try to establish the run and see if we can get a little confidence going in the offense and a little bit of, uh, you know, relieve a little bit of this pressure from the defense because the defense was just all over Ritter's ass. It, they just kept forcing it, thinking we got to get Ritter in a, in a rhythm. And I think they wasted a quarter and a half of football doing that. And then finally, the, the back end of the first quarter, uh, the, the, the first half, the second quarter, they finally said, the hell with it we have to try to run the football and they were able to get a couple of first downs and they were able to run the ball and they were able to open some things up and that made Ritter more comfortable I just think they made the mistake of of, of trying to to start the game with passing and and it just kind of fell on them because Indiana's defense is no joke I think that's the best defense they're going to play all year sorry Notre Dame I think Indiana's defense is better than them yeah. um their defensive line is, is no joke man no joke. No, no. Penix, Penix was Penix was bad the second half of this game. Penix was great the first half of the game. This is a tale of I'm trying to figure out is Penix not right or did Cincinnati say we've got this figured out now? We know what he's doing. We know what they're going to try. We got a we got a first half of football. Now we're going to make adjustments and we're just going to not let him run and and we're going to make him stay in the pocket. We're going to make him throw and when he throws we're going to beat him. Because that's what happened. They stopped being able to run the football completely in the second half. And that's how Cincinnati took over and and was able to 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 dominate the entire second half. They got dominated the first half. They yeah. absolutely got dominated the first uh, half. Post game win expectancy by the way. Post game win percentage. Uh Cincinnati with the with the stats in the game. Cincinnati would have won the game 57% of the time. And typically you don't see a game that close. Uh, being a two touchdown game, like <laughs> normally you don't see that. That's right. So, That's right. Well, but it becomes a two touchdown game because of the turnovers, yes, right? Yes. Like absolutely. if you don't if you don't get the turnovers, then then the game is substantially closer than than we all think it is. Yes. Oh, hey, by the way, on that Oklahoma game, going back to that uh, because uh, Cruz jumped in and uh, and said uh, my Sooners not looking good um, so far. He said we should have blown out Nebraska. Spencer Rattler is decent, not a Heisman candidate, and. Uh, Casey said Rattler's overrated. He said that interception was awesome, though, for Oklahoma. Yeah, so Lincoln Riley did mention that he was thinking about uh, contesting the interception, which I don't even know that you can do that in college. But uh, but the interception was really awesome. Did you see that at the very end of the game? Um, the the, the one-handed grab. The that was Everybody crazy. in the world has seen the interception. 
It was awesome. I thought it was an amazing play when I saw it live. It's Sunday morning. The play happened less than like 12 hours ago or 14 hours ago or whatever. And and I've already seen it 1,900 times. It was This amazing. is the problem with college football. So many, so few great plays happen. When a great play happens, you see it 19 million times and it's now overplayed. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable catch. Unbelievable play by the guy. Just a great – it's just – and dumb play by the guy, if we want to be honest, because it was fourth down, and that's right, you would have gotten the ball twenty yards upfield. Like that's right. <laughs> so, just knock it down. But I don't know. It's dumb play. It it, it iced the game. The yeah, game was over. It, it doesn't matter if yeah. you get the ball in the twenty, if you get the ball in the forty. It the ball game's over at that point in time. Yeah. Hey, Larry Pilgrim jumped in and said, uh, "Cruz, I don't think any quarterback should be the front runner for Heisman right now." I don't know who would be the Heisman front. Uh, uh, you better buckle your ass up because Matt Corral is coming. Oh no, you okay? Okay, okay. I can give you that. I can give you that. He hadn't done I it against the big three quarterbacks to be. I pick. I got three quarterbacks for my Heisman before the season started. Uh, Dylan Gabriel, or uh, yeah, Dylan okay. Gabriel just broke his broke his collarbone. So yeah, he's we'll talk out. about that in a minute. But yeah, Des, Des, Desmond Ritter had a pretty damn shaky game, so he might have lost his chance. He better have a hell of a finish. But Matt Corral, I still got that ticket, and I'm holding on to it with dear life. I Two weeks can... from now in Tuscaloosa, he's going to have a Heisman moment. He's going to win that damn game. He's going to shut those people up in Tuscaloosa, and that is going to send him to New York, and I'm going to cash that ticket. I, you, you may not be wrong. You may not be wrong. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, next game up, Michigan State goes down to Coral Gables and destroys Miami, thirty-eight to seventeen. You had the you had the tweet of this of the game for this. Michigan State is built like an SEC football team. Yes, they are one hundred percent. The transfers that he brought in, yeah. Kenneth Walker the third, is ridiculous. I mean, he's unbelievable. I, unbelievable. At, at Wake Forest, he was he was okay. He was he was good. He was you know he was. He wasn't even a starter at Wake Forest, and he hated the 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 style of football that they ran. And so he's like, I'm transferring. I want to play in a pro style running back system. Yes, he in this game, 27 carries, 172 yards, averaged 6.4, and that was a downgrade. Uh, he did not have any touchdowns in this one, but I will tell you for the season, Kenneth Walker the third. Uh, let me pull up these stats. He let's see, he has carried the ball. 57 times for 493 yards, averaged 8.6 a clip, has five touchdowns. Like, you want to talk about Heisman numbers? Like, this kid is ridiculous. No, no, he's going to – I'm going to tell you this. He's going to have his opportunity because he will be able to run all over Ohio State, and that game will be on national TV, and the whole world is going to be watching. Michigan's run defense ain't bad. That's going to be – he's going to – and then Penn State. He's going to have three opportunities where all three of those games will be somewhere on national TV where millions of people are going to be watching. 
And if he can have a game against those three blokes, he's going to be in New York too. Yes. Yes. Uh, he's going to have so, his chance. He's going to have an opportunity. Michigan State is 3-0 and right now for the first time since 2015. They made it to the playoff that year. Here is what they have coming up, okay? Uh, before they play Michigan, they have Nebraska at home, Western Kentucky at home, at Rutgers, at Indiana. Now, Indiana, uh, that defense could be kind of stifling here. There's a there's a legit chance this team could be 7-0. and Like, absolutely 7 They They can beat Nebraska at home next weekend. They, they can oh, beat yeah, Western I Kentucky. Think, I think they're going to be favored. I, I think they'll be favored against them. I think they'll be favored in every single one of these games. Like this team is built uh, going to Michigan. Uh, going to so they're I playing. I don't think they'll be favored against no, no, Michigan. They, they play Michigan at home uh, on on October thirtieth. I, I understand that. I still don't think they're going to be no, favored. I, I was, against I, I'm talking about the the stretch before you get to Le- Michigan. leading up to it. Okay, yeah. I got you. And so because after that, like they've got here's how the the schedule ends. Right, Michigan at Purdue, Maryland <laughs> yeah. at Ohio State, and Penn State. Like, it, but I, I think yeah. they can be seven and zero before they Ooh. get to Michigan. I, I agree. I agree with that. And I, hey, and I think they can beat Michigan. I oh, don't yeah. know that they will be Michigan. I think they can be Michigan. Peyton Thorne, eighteen out of thirty-one, two hundred sixty-one yards, four touchdowns in this game. He has been fantastic for them. Mel Tucker's yeah. the coach of the year right now, and it ain't close. I I don't think you're wrong. Um, I think he is running away with that by a, a mile, and that yes. is and that is with Lane Kiffin doing what he's doing in Oxford. That is with uh you know some of these smaller school coaches. Just, just putting on damn shows and and doing things that we didn't expect, like your San Diego States and your Fresnos. It don't matter, man. I think Mel Tucker is is just smoking everybody. Yes. Uh, now let's talk about the Miami side of this. Whoo, Miami. Uh, and, and so Casey jumped in. He said Miami sucks. And King is overrated. I I agree with part of that. I don't think King is overrated. King, uh, Derek King. 38 out of 59, 388 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Um, I still don't think he's fully healthy. And and also, he cannot do this by himself. He cannot do it by himself. Like, he... There is there are some major problems with this team. That defense... They got a is, couple of receivers at Miami that are unbelievable, that are better than anybody on Michigan State's team catching the football. Yeah. He's not alone in this. My question is this, Gary. How much? Remember when he was a true freshman at Houston, and he was putting up ungodly numbers, and we thought this guy's career—that was like six years ago—and yeah. we thought this guy's career was just going to blow up the world. He has regressed since getting to Miami. Every year, he gets a little bit worse and a little bit worse and a little bit worse. That's on the coaching staff, man. It, it partly is. He again, I still don't think he's fully healthy. Like I don't think. Remember, he tore his ACL in in uh, okay. December, like late December. I, I just you're right. I, I I try not to bash the kid too much because I mean st- he put up three hundred. But that's yards. not bashing like, him. That's that's the coaching. Uh, the coaching I don't, staff. I don't think they're have. I don't think they have him ready for these games. I don't think they're putting them in optimal situations. Uh, I, I just don't think they look prepared as a football team. Rhett There's Lashley. no reason Michigan State should be coming down to Miami in the heat and the humidity. The way a team from the from the Midwest should not be coming to that hot and humid of a climate and out execute you and and have more conditioning than you do, they they were able to fight harder and longer than Miami ever could have in, in the damn humid swamp. Rhett Lashley uh, started out with Gus Malzahn at Springdale High School in Arkansas. 
and he God, that was a long time. Oh, I was like, yeah. what? Twelve oh, for, years ago? Yeah, for uh two thousand four, two thousand five. It was a long time when he was at Springdale, right? Because he he was he was a quarterback there. Like he played at Springdale. Yep. And then played there. I knew and that. then kind of did a little GA stuff there. Went to Arkansas as a GA <laughs> under Malzahn when he was there under Houston Nutt. Um right. went over to Auburn as a GA, two thousand nine, two thousand ten, was part of that national championship, you know, whatever. Uh, Samford, he was the offensive coordinator for one year. Then he goes to Arkansas State with Gus for one year as the offensive coordinator. He goes to Auburn 2013 through 2016. He gets fired from Auburn, goes to UConn for one season, reestablishes himself at SMU under Sonny Dykes, and then goes over to Miami. And this is what some of those Gus Malzahn offenses sometimes look like, right? And I don't know. I thought that better things were coming for Rhett Lashley. I thought being down there with all that talent, he would have an opportunity to really establish an offense because Manny Diaz is a defensive guy. He just hands this thing over to to Rhett Lashley. And in this offense, you're right. They put them in really bad positions. Like, he asks his players to do things that I don't know that they are capable of doing. And they just make bad mistakes over but- and over. It's, it's the so mistakes that they make on offense and defense regularly, that's all coaching, man. Yes. That's all coaching. Here's the problem with, with with Lashley. Everywhere he went, he learned under somebody who was the architect of a great offense, right? Yeah. He's never had to be the architect of anything. He's just taken somebody else's plays, and he doesn't know how to actually design a play. So when you get a look that you're not used to, you have to go through the archive and see who else has faced that look and how to adjust to it. These other guys are smart enough. They're actual architects who build offenses for a living. And so they are able to adapt. They are able to react. They are able to, to adjust on the fly. He'll never be able to do that. So every second half of every football game they play, if they don't have substantial talent differential than the other team, they are going to struggle to score in that second half. Yes. Yes, they are, 100%. Uh, I did have that uh, that we were going to discuss Clemson and Georgia Tech. Uh, I, I won't discuss that. I will say that Clemson had less than 300 yards of total offense, and uh, Georgia Tech actually outgained them with a backup quarterback. So they won the game 14-8, is what it is. Whatever, we'll move off of that. Oklahoma State went to the blue turf, and... This was a Andy Avalos has problems. He he's got major problems for the what used to be known as the murder Smurfs. Right? <laughs> they used to kill people when they'd come up to Boise, and there were there were issues here. This was twenty one to ten at the half or twenty one to twenty at the half, and nobody scored in the second half. And That's I watched right. this game and I was shocked that because I I didn't pay attention. At one point, because I, I was watching Ole Miss and Tulane, I was watching you know all these uh, Utah and, and San Diego State. Like I've got, I got four TVs, an iPad, and three computer monitors in here. Like I'm I'm trying to keep up with everything. And once Boise got down to like the 15 yard line or whatever it was, I assumed that they were going to score a touchdown because they it felt like they were driving right, and then they end up having to. They end up having to uh, try a field goal. They get it blocked. Like, this was, first off, you you picked Oklahoma State to cover the spread in this, and you were 100% right. 
And I said they would win. I said they'd win the football game. I said, and let me tell you what I liked about this Oklahoma State team. The the offense didn't look great. Okay. It still wasn't the offense of Gundy's old. I said they would go down there and drop 40. But this team played with balls, man. I do think Gundy took this team over and said, We're I'm just tired of this shit. I'm I'm in charge now. I'm I'm gonna run this thing the way I run it. And you know what they did to, to Boise? Oh, they didn't throw the ball the way I like I like my Gundy teams to yeah. do. They ran the ball down their throat. It wasn't L.D. Brown. That's who we thought was going to take over. He played fantastic last season, uh, replacing Chuba Hubbard. This time, nope. Jalen Warren, 32 carries, 218 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Spencer Sanders ran 18 times for 26 yards, but it was Jalen Warren. It was 100% Jalen Warren. Uh, Oklahoma State now 13-3 and in their last 16 against the spread as an underdog. Uh, you just don't. You don't bet against Oklahoma State when they're an underdog. You just don't. Like it's it, you, it's going to come out on the wrong side. Well, especially knowing that they played flat two weeks in a row. Yeah. Like at some point in time, Mike Gundy is a crazy, crazy some bitch. Okay. Oh, yeah. And he's and it, this is a guy you don't want to come back into a corner because he's nuts. Okay. Oh yeah. He's just nuts. And he, and he and he showed it this this game. I mean, he just did. Spencer Sanders, 6 out of 13 passing, 82 yards, no touchdowns, have no you, picks. Have you ever seen a Mike Gundy football team only threw the ball 13 times in your life? Nope, nope. But I will tell in you this. In your life? Uh, a lot of credit needs to go to that defense. A lot yes. of credit needs to go to that defense. Yes. Boise State's rushing attack, 35 Not carries, question. 61 yards, 1.7 yards per carry. Uh, that does include Hank Bachmeyer's 11 carries for negative 3 yards. But George Solani, 12 carries, 28 yards, average 2.3. Uh, Cyrus Nothing. Habibi Likio, uh, eight carries, 27 yards, 3.4. And and that was it. That's all she wrote. Suffocating. Complete. Boise State at home could not move the football. They couldn't do a damn thing. And you're right. That last drive, I thought, shit, this is where, this is where Gundy loses it right here. And then they held him to a field goal, and I thought, well, at least I'm going to get the, the, the spread because they'll, they'll win by two. And – I'll be damned if they didn't come up with a play there. I just, I, I this Boise team's not impressive. I thought, I thought Oklahoma State was going to go out there and fight like hell. They were going to fight like their life depended on it, and I think they did. Yes. They did holding Boise at home to zero points in the second half. I don't know has ever been done. I how far back do you think we have to go through the archives to find Boise getting blanked at home in a night game? I I. Feel like BYU did that to them at some point recently. I really, yeah, because I mean they they've kind of stomped them a couple of times here. Oh, uh, yeah, BYU's like, kind of kicked the shit out of them. Yeah, fast. The so I I don't it, like. Yeah. It, I'll tell you this: it doesn't happen often. It doesn't happen. I don't know that it's never yeah. happened. I don't know that it happens very often at all. Like that that team at home is different. Um, yeah, there's Andy Avalos, the new Boise coach, has a lot a lot of stuff to clean up. A lot of stuff to clean up. What the, hey, let me ask you this. Okay. If Chris Peterson gets the itch to coach again, do you think he says, I, I really missed it down there in the prairie? Very possible. Very possible. I mean, I could see him taking back over Boise way before I see him going to Hollywood, right? Oh, 100%. There's no like way that he just, goes to the USC. That man just doesn't want that, but yeah. he loved his time in Boise. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, yes. I, there's no way I could I could fully see him taking back over Boise State if it gets to a, a spot where they're going seven and six and, uh, and stuff. Like uh, that. No, I don't know if they have to get there. I think he just has to get that itch that he wants to go. You just call him up and up say, phone. "Hey, can can you if can you get Andy if he out of called here? up in the middle of a game and said, I, I think I'd like to come back.' 
He'd be like, they'd be like, how how quick can you get here by the fourth quarter? He'd be like, this is embarrassing. <laughs> I can't. Uh, no, it, I, it could I can't be. Watch it, this. it could be a game they're winning by three scores, Gary. They could be winning the game by three scores, and if Peterson calls in the first quarter, and the, the answer is, is can you be here by the fourth? Yeah, yeah, I I tend to agree. Um, all right, so we I I want to bring up Memphis and Mississippi State. Let's move on to that one. Memphis and State. Memphis wins thirty-one to twenty-nine. And good gracious. Uh, all right, so first, we get... It was an SEC officiating crew, and they put out a statement afterwards. If you watch this game at all, at, or if you're just on social media, I'm sure that you saw the punt you return. Have to seen it. Because yeah. it looked like it was downed. The referee signaled that the play was dead. There was no whistle blown. He just signaled the play dead. Like, he put his hand over his head and, and whatever, and they said it was an inadvertent signal which is just ridiculous uh but an inadvertent signal is a signal though right like an inadvertent whistle stops the play i'm sorry i did it but it still happened you you see all of the state players stop because the ref puts his hands over his head and and calvin austin the third comes up grabs this ball and runs at 95 yards like it it was it was downed it it looked the guy had the ball Placed it down, had his knees on the ground, and then even, stands up. And, and even if it wasn't really down, as soon as the official gives the call that's down, you can't because what would have happened had a state player knocked that guy's ass off? That guy would have been ejected from the football game, and yeah. he would have been ejected from next week's game against LSU. So the post game win expectancy here was Memphis seventy three percent, right? Which is, and, and I know some people don't like these stats, but. Still, hey, and by the way, anybody that wants to keep jumping in the chat, absolutely. Larry Pilgrim jumped in, said, "Love Chris's take on uh, architect." Um, Casey said he had Oklahoma State in that game, and and Larry wants to talk about Utah here in a minute, and, and we will, we will. Um, but in this game, it, here's here's the numbers. State had 419 yards passing, only 49 yards rushing. Memphis had 159 yards passing and 87 yards rushing. Memphis's offense could not do anything. They scored one touchdown off of a fumble return for a touchdown in the first quarter, and then yep. they scored that punt return, which, oh, the other part of that punt return was they had two guys on the field wearing the same number, which is a penalty. So Illegal. you take the ball yeah. where it was and move it back five yards Try. beyond the fact that the ball was down. So <laughs> so either way, uh, and there are state fans that are salty. And, man, but they, and they rightfully should be. Yes. They rightfully should be. Yes, 100%. And I don't know that that would have changed the outcome of the game because Memphis no, was up. Your, like, your, team, your team played poorly. It's just an extra little kick in the ass that you just didn't deserve. Yes, yes, agreed. Uh, Seth Hennigan, the freshman quarterback for Memphis, 16 out of 28, 159 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. Um, he has played really well. He wasn't supposed to be the starter. So yeah. he he's played well. I didn't I didn't, th- I didn't think he I didn't think he played great in some big moments, but but he did he did enough to to get the ball down the field. Okay, yeah, I I think I think he did it. I think he did so as well. So I this game was just overall strange, very strange. And Memphis has got uh, UT San Antonio coming up. And UT San Antonio it's be a hell of a football game. Yes, is sir. that game that game's at Memphis? Oh yes, it's at the Liberty Bowl. At the Liberty Bowl, I'm I'm intrigued because I don't know what to expect. I don't know how good UTSA is yet. 
I think they're pretty good. I think they're yeah, I think they're really good. I'm I'm just curious. They haven't faced an offense like this yet. Um, Matt Miller jumps in. Arkansas is going to beat A and M this week. Uh, and then <laughs> Brown Yeti said, "When have you ever been able to give a penalty on a review?" Yeah, that that was another one, and I cannot remember exactly what play it was, but they they reviewed. Um, oh, it was the onside kick. So they they ruled that it had not been, um, there had not been illegal touching of the ball. However, yeah. they said that, and this is it. State had scored and and needed to, you know, get the onside kick to come back down the field. Whatever. Uh, Memphis ended up getting the onside kick the second time, and it kicked a field goal, which gave us the final margin. Right, but that's right. The the penalty of uh, like illegal block on an onside kick that they saw in the review, I did not know that you could do that. I still don't know that you can do that, and yet they did it. I was so, going to say, I still don't know that you can do that. It, it's really insane. It's uh, Yeah, Matt Miller said it was the onside kick. They called an illegal block. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, so. we started this thing off talking about how bad the officiating is, and it's bad. There, yes. there are games where I think they're bad, and they're all one-sided, and there are times where I think they're bad, and it's just because they're incompetent. This game really did look like a bunch of people that didn't know what they were doing. Oh, agreed. Like, they, they had no business being employed in doing this job. Memphis is uh, 6-0 against the spread in their last six as a uh, home underdog. They have won 17 straight at the Liberty Bowl. Uh, I might I might have been wrong about Ryan Silverfield. Like, I'd, uh, I... Hang on now. Let's, let's, let's not counter chickens. I, I, I'm not yet. I'm just, I'm just putting it out there in the ethos that I may this have was been an, wrong. This was an ugly bullshit of a game. I ain't giving nobody yes. a coaching credit at all. Okay, I, I will hey, tell you this. They you were win in this the game, game. You lose this game. I am, I'm not, you're not getting credit for this win. I thought State was going to win this by two touchdowns. And and they were in the well, game. At one point in time I did, yeah, during the middle of the game. So, yeah. it's, it's We got to the fourth quarter. I didn't believe that. Yeah, okay. I can I can get with that. Uh, Matt Miller said they pulled some guys from the parking lot and gave them shirts. <laughs> Talk about the referees. Uh, yeah. Just ridiculous. Uh, he said uh, Mississippi State is 2-0-1 in my book because the last six minutes are compromised. Yeah, <laughs> I can get with that. I can get with it. Um, all right, let's move back to uh, back to Saturday morning. And West Virginia, 27, Virginia Tech, 21. And you want to talk about frustrated. I, I bet Virginia Tech, I knew the line stunk. I knew it stunk. And yet I, I still know. ran into it. Um, I did too. And I... I'm telling you, this and we game, had a shot at the end to win. It, it wasn't just at the end; it was just the entire game. Like they, all right. So I'm I'm pulling well, up. Well, when the, they uh, get down twenty-one nothing, I think I, I'm tearing this ticket up, and it's worthless. You I mean you can use it to wipe your ass with? Okay. Yes. So yes. so I don't I don't think we have a chance. And then by we get to the fourth quarter, we get to the middle of the second half, and I'm thinking, hey baby, I'm in this thing. I'm a, I'm a live dog here. So it, it was it wasn't twenty-one to nothing. It was uh it was fourteen to seven. Um, and then it goes to twenty-one to seven, and then it's twenty-four to seven at the half. That was it. That was yeah. that was when I that was halftime. That's when I thought the ticket was gone. A missed field goal at the end of the first half. Jesus, Christ. that hurts. Um, they they had a turnover on downs at the West Virginia twenty-five. Uh, they had a fourth and one that they could not get. Uh, so that one could have been turned into points. They in the second half they go down twenty-seven to seven after that first drive, and then they give up no more points after that. Uh, they had to punt. They score a touchdown. West Virginia fumbles. And then Virginia Tech drives all the way to the West Virginia 6. And they go for it. Fourth and goal. Do not convert. 
But that's okay because another three and out from West Virginia's offense. Virginia Tech comes right down and scores another touchdown. And then West Virginia throws an interception. Bam. Jarrett Dagey, by the way, the pick. Looked, looked like a Heisman candidate in the first half. And this is the defense that stifled Sam Howell, who is now that's throwing right. he's throwing uh, touchdowns as if they were quarters and you're just flipping them into like a wishing well, right? Like yeah. just ridiculous. So then you get back down the field again. You get, you get an I interception. Need it. We, need it. we needed that pick. To go to the house. Oh, yes. We needed that pick to go to the house because I didn't believe they were going to score when they got the ball back. They had all the momentum, yes. but I just felt like it was going too good for me and it was all going to fall apart last minute, and it did. They get first and 10 at the West Virginia 17. They get it all the way down to the four. and Well, they get it down to the three. And then when they got it to the four, I thought, I thought we were money. Oh, I, I, was I counting, thought so. I was, I was digging, the, digging the ticket out of the garbage. Uh, trying to take Rig, it back hey, together. Paul Riggs jumps in. He said, good defense. We had six sacks. Yes, West Virginia <laughs> played well enough to win this game. 100% played yeah, well oh, yeah, enough. Yeah. Uh, that offense It was, a weird, it was a weird game. It was a weird, wild game. Uh, Matt Miller said the Big 12 is going to be interesting because there's one really bad team and no great team right now. Hey, that, you're talking about college football, brother. <laughs> there are no great teams. I think Georgia might be might be really, really good. But outside of that, eh. Listen, you, 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 you keep bringing Georgia up and you keep leaving them boys from Oxford off. I think they might be great. I don't think that a, I don't think Ole Miss's defense is Okay. And and All I right. and I want to see Ole Miss against like a really good defense first. Like if, if okay. they can do this, you know, and and they might be you'll able see to in, You'll see in 2 weeks. Ole Miss might win they might win 10 games this year. They they I, might I, they might win more than that. But you you have a game like Matt Corral had against Arkansas last year. I mean, it's it's coming up somewhere. It you know it's coming somewhere. Um <laughs> You're yeah, maybe, probably maybe you're probably right. You're probably right. But I'm gonna tell you this: it's gonna come up where you least expect it. It won't come up against Bama. It won't come up against a big boy. It's gonna come up against a, a an Arkansas. It's gonna come up against a shitty LSU team that's got three losses. Like it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen then. It won't happen in a big game. Yeah, yeah. Louisville, forty-two. UCF, thirty-five. This is from Friday night, and. UCF has now experienced the full Gus Malzahn gambit in a grand total of three games. They got their massive blowout win over Bethune-Cookman last week, and then they go in as a more-than-touchdown favorite at Louisville who looked like complete garbage against Ole Miss. And, and yet, here we are. Dylan Gabriel, 22 out of 29, 184 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, UCF rushing the ball, 34 carries, 212 yards, 6.2 per carry. And and they let Malik Cunningham throw the ball all over the yard. They let Malik Cunningham run the ball all over the yard. He was a one-man wrecking crew. He was awesome. Jalen Mitchell, they finally found somebody that can run the ball for him outside of the quarterback. I, a Brown Yeti said, Chris, are you saying Ole Miss might win the West? Uh, yes. That's uh, 100% yes, what Chris is saying. Like, <laughs> yes, um, Louisville is not a very good football team. However, betting against home underdogs this season. Well, is- in these in these in these weeknight games especially, not just this season, but for the last 3 or 4 years, you get one of these Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night football games and you get the home dog, they cover at an insane rate. Both of them covered Friday night. There was you're blaming this on Malzahn. I'm going to tell you if this game was played Saturday at any time, it doesn't look this way. We just don't get it. I can't explain the mystique and the magic that happens on these games, but it just, we don't get this performance if it doesn't happen Friday night. 
okay, I don't necessarily disagree. However, this is a a Gus Malzahn feeling. This is what Auburn went through forever. Unexplainable losses. Unexplainable wins over teams that they should not be even competing with. And and you see it all, right? The Boise State comeback. I mean, they were down, what, nearly three touchdowns in that game. And they come back and hold Boise with not... Hey, by the way, did Boise score in the second half against against UCF? That wasn't Ooh, at home. Shit. I don't know if they did. And they, they may, I'm going to look back and see if I can find that. Uh, they they might have kicked a field goal, but I, I can't score. I can't remember. But either way, um, it, UCF. This is what happens with with Gus Malzahn teams for whatever reason because he some of the play calling. It's like he's still coaching high school, which they is got a, one. They got one touchdown in the fourth quarter. Okay, all right. So they but they they held him. You know, from what they were doing in the first half for sure. But so Gus nothing Malzahn, in the, nothing in the third. Nothing in the third, one touchdown in the fourth. So, so again, Gus Malzahn coaches like he is still coaching high school, which can be a lot of fun, and it can take a lot of old-school uh, college football coaches off guard. It can catch them off guard because they don't expect some of these quirky, uh, just different formations, different personnel on the field, all that kind of stuff, right? It can be a lot of fun. It can catch people off guard. It can be super successful. It can also cost you ball games in certain situations. Uh, the the last interception there for Dylan Gabriel was not his fault, and and that that part of the game was not his fault. The defense should not have ever given up what they did to Louisville, and some of this is is for Scott Satterfield. Cheers to him for actually looking competent in this game. The the players have not quit, so that's good. But Louisville put up forty two points on UCF. They were only able to muster up thirty points against Eastern Kentucky last week. Like they look like garbage against an FCS team. They were terrible. And then they come into this game and do this. They had a good game plan. Louisville looked good. This is not to not give Louisville credit. This is absolutely giving them credit. And and UCF should have won this game. They should have won the game. And, and yet they didn't. And now, because of that last play, Dylan Gabriel, uh, broken clavicle, like he's, he's out. Season. Gone for the season. So now, um, do, can is Joey Gatewood eligible? Like I don't even know who's going to be the backup quarterback at this point, um, and that's, uh, that's my fault for not doing research. But no, it's all right. I don't, and I don't know that I worry about it. I trust Gus. I think Gus is fine. Once again, Satterfield is a very good coach. This is a team that had a magical night. It's the best night they've had all season. Best night they've had in two years. Uh, yes. the, the you know, and and it was bound to happen. You got a guy like Cunningham that's as good as he is. At some point in time, he was going to have a star night a star game and and there was no question in my mind you're bringing in a team that is all offense and no defense you keep bringing up how they should have stopped somebody what has shown you that they could stop somebody UCF hasn't stopped anybody in eight years they don't play defense they put a bunch of points on the board and they say catches okay it that's it so the fact that Cunningham caught them hell that's what they do yeah, no, I don't. I don't think you're wrong. And, and that didn't start with Gus, by the way. That started with Frost, and then and then uh, uh, Heupel, and now Gus. That they are built the exact same way, and every head coach runs the exact same thing. Their offenses all look different, but it doesn't matter how you play defense. They're not stopping anybody. You just don't have that kind of talent. They they play defense in a sense where we try our best to contain the run on the outside edges. We keep quarterbacks in pockets and we play aggressive pass coverage, which is 
guys are going to be open a whole lot. Every now and then we're going to get a pick. And all we need is one more possession than you, and we believe we can win the football game. So if you get the interception once, but you give up four bombs, that's fine. They'll take it every time. Yeah. Uh, Louisville, 501 total yards. UCF, 416 total yards. Um, jumping into the chat here, because I, I, I will tell you this. There are still a lot of people that are salty about UCF going undefeated <laughs> a few years ago. Cruz said, but Gary, they were national champions four years ago. Now on the Gus train. Woo, back to losses. Uh, Dats Square says, Gus is trash, man. UCF is way too good to look like that. Matt Miller said, any chance Cunningham transfers after this year? I think he is. Zero. I think he is what everyone thinks Derek King would be. Uh, no, I think I think he's there with Satterfield. I, I think not. Well, not just there with Satterfield. This kid grew up a Louisville Cardinal fan. Like he grew up with Louisville stuff, like in his bedroom. Okay, that you're not going to get a guy like that to transfer. He's just not. Yeah. Even if Satterfield left for another job next year, I think he stays there, whoever the coach is, because you just don't change what you love. Yeah, I, I can fully, fully understand that. Fully, under, passion is something that you you can't manufacture, right? It's why you play college football? Yes. Uh, Brown Yeti, Gus is the greatest coach ever. He just has someone betting against him when he's favored and for him when he's down. He's just getting kickbacks. <laughs> and then MTL edit said, uh, said go cards. So, yeah, that, that was, I mean, this was a fun Friday night game. This was a hell of Great. a game. Uh, Great game. I wanted to talk about, hey, by the way, this is a little off topic. Uh, Maryland uh, won 20-17 over Illinois. That puts them at 3-0. and And they got Kent State next week. Now, I would imagine they'll be able to handle Kent State. But we are going to have undefeated Iowa against undefeated Maryland on Friday, October 1st in College Park. How much fun is that going to be? You want to talk about two contrasting styles. It's not, going to be as, it's, it's not going to be as much fun as you think it is. I mean, we'll see. You think Iowa's going to demolish them? I yeah. think Iowa's one of the top five teams in the country. This is another one of those Friday night home underdogs. I mean, we'll see. Yeah, I get that. I get that. We'll... we'll we ain't seen a defense like that in Maryland in a long time. No, you're you're probably right. You there, there are right. three there are three great defenses in college football right now. Great, I'm talking better some than I've than I've seen in in years and years and years. And that is Georgia, Penn State, Iowa. Yeah, I tend to agree. That's the list. Those are the three teams playing defense. Everybody else trying to play as much offense as they can. Those three teams are playing defense. You are not wrong. BYU 27, Arizona State 17. I think that we have to have a conversation about an undefeated BYU team. Kalani Sataki is doing it up, man. Uh, by the way, so I, I went and researched because we've had a lot of people talking uh, some trash about us. They have got 41 players that are married, 14 players that were on the 2016 roster. They have 47 players that, uh, that served two-year missions. I don't think I'm right. wrong. Hang on. So you and I are different here. Okay. We got criticism that we have the same old stick about them being old and they're not old. Um, you care about being right. I don't care if we're right or not. I do care about being original. If it's a bad stick, if it's an old stick, I got to come up with something new. Okay. I don't disagree with so, that. So, so irrelevant about the fact of being right, I don't care if I'm right. If the stick has gotten old, if I'm going to the well one too often for the same joke, that's on me. I got to be well, no, more creative. Here, here's the reason why I looked it up is because we were told that they have the same average age as every I, other college. I, 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 I understand. I understand. I understand. I'm okay with other people being wrong, but but the concept that I'm okay with because because we keep keep making the same jokes. I'm okay with that. I'm so, right with that. 
So BYU gets a massive win over Arizona State. And and I don't know that this was wholly unexpected because, you know, at BYU looked great against Utah last week. Arizona State has not looked good to this point in the season against the week competition that they've already played. Uh, Casey said, I had BYU money line, but I had them with Virginia money line uh, rigged. <laughs> of course, we're getting back into the rigged conversation. But, uh, but yes, Arizona State, like Jalen Daniels, or Jaden Daniels, excuse me, 21 out of 29, 265 yards, two picks. Uh, he he did not do well. Like ten carries, eight yards. That that BYU offensive line and defensive line are are something to be reckoned with, my friend. They are unbelievable. Uh, Jaron Hall again, like amazing plays. Uh, Tyler Algier. I'm hoping that I'm saying that right. But the the interception return that he came back and Mortal Combat drop kick. Uh, backward punch to knock the ball out was the most incredible thing that I have seen in forever because he ran down that kid ran him down and then jumped from behind him fast enough to be able to reach around and punch that ball out Uh, this team is fun they are ridiculously good and and if you look at the schedule they've already beaten Utah and Arizona State now they got UCF Utah State Boise State Baylor Washington State uh, West, or sorry, Virginia, Idaho State, Georgia Southern, and then at USC to close out. They could legitimately go twelve and zero this year. I'm. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Uh, hang on. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. I I would like people to acknowledge the fact that before the season started, and after week one, and after week two, after week three, I now I picked against him in this game because I I, mean, I have a man crush with Jaden Daniels who just didn't. Didn't play great in this game. Uh, he's still got one of the prettiest deep balls I've ever seen in my life. So when he's when he's right, he's right. Um, said the hate on BYU had gone too far. Yes, that they had lost a transcendent player, but it doesn't mean they still can't be really, really good. And they are still really, really good. Yes, yes, they are. You you were right. You you were a hundred. When you started the season, you said whoa. Like this is still a well-coached well, team. This is I mean, still a there were team. people that were picking this team to struggle to make a bowl game. They thought they would be around six and six, uh, and that, I just thought, I what in the hell are we talking about? I, I was one of them here. because I thought, what are we schedule, talking about? Well, I thought, how, how does how do how do we get that? They lost one guy. Yeah, schedule's tough. Schedule's you know, I, tough. Here's the here's the it deal. It's real tough. But so are so are they. I thought that Utah was going to be really, really good. I thought Arizona State was going to be really good because I thought both of those teams could win 10 games this year. Virginia, I thought, would be pretty good. Uh, Baylor, Washington State. I thought State, one of them would be really good. Boise. Um, and then you got USC at the end of the year. Like, But now none of them look scary at all. At all. So, um, let's nope. see. Brown Yeti said they have a strong schedule. Uh, they have a stronger schedule than Clemson. BYU should get in over Clemson if they go 12-0, and if we're talking about the playoff. Oh, not close. Um, well, Clemson's not going twelve. Clemson's going to lose at least one more game. I don't know where, but they lose in at least yeah. one more game. But I, I think it was they might not BYU, make it to the ACC title if, if BYU goes twelve and zero, oh. right? Um, okay, yeah, but they should get in over Clemson. That's pending. They're both apples to apples. They're not going to be apples to apples. Clemson ain't making the playoffs this year. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think yeah, you might be onto some. You might be onto some. So, um, so yes, I'm like BYU. Look good in this game. Uh, had had a few mistakes, but they they took advantage. And you know, I I don't I don't even know what else to say. I don't think Arizona State's very good this year. I think I think Arizona State's got some problems. Like, yeah, I know. I love this team, and I want them to be good. And and I just you you might be right on that. They might not be 
So they also had some injury guys last night. I mean, Jalen was playing hurt. They didn't look healthy. That's not the reason they lost, by the way. So neither here nor there. It's just BYU's a tough football team. They're good. They're really good. I thought they'd have a letdown after after uh, Utah. Um, they didn't. They're played really well. Nope. No. No letdowns. No nothing. Casey, Casey asked, how good is San Diego State? Uh, if you listen to your boys Friday, uh, they're really good. This they're is really, actually really uh, this is actually the next one up, so let's dive into it. San Diego State 33, Utah 31 in overtime. First off, let's jump on the uh, on the Utah side. Cam Rising needs to be the the starter for this team. Like, the offense did not get going until well, he think, jumped in. I think we're game. good with that, right? I think everybody knows that, and I think that's going to happen. Yes. Correct. Yeah, I mean, he – 19 out of 32, 153 yards, three touchdowns last night. Charlie Brewer could do nothing. 14 out of 26, 104 yards, and one pick. So, uh, yeah, yeah, they could not run the football on San Diego State. 31 carries for 70 yards. This, they, their lines ain't great. Ain't great. San Diego State, 45 carries, 204 yards rushing at 4.5 a clip with two touchdowns. And Lucas Johnson, the San Diego State quarterback, 10 out of 19 for 44 yards and one touchdown. They didn't have to throw the ball. They they manhandled Utah. Like, this was absurd. Hang on. This is a defensive front that I thought was really good, and I just thought BYU was stronger and better and played with a little more passion and aggression. If you're getting pushed around by San Diego State, who I think is good. I'm not knocking San Diego State. But if you're getting pushed around, the athletes for San Diego State aren't close to the athletes for Oregon or, or, or hell, even USC or UCLA. If that offensive line is pushing your defensive front seven around, they're, they're, everybody in the Pac-12 is going to run the football on you. Everybody. Yes. Uh, post-game win expectancy. And this game went to overtime, remember? San Diego yeah. State, 92%. 92%. I I had this game on and I was watching it and I kept thinking there is no reason this game should be it this close. It shouldn't be in overtime. It shouldn't be like they, I don't I don't even know how Utah is is in this position right now because you, I, you get a you get a home dog that's a little bitty school that nobody gives a shit about or ever thinks about. At home in overtime, give me the home team every time. Every yes. time. It it was it was remarkable, uh, to say the least. So I yes, give me San Diego. Gave State. this game out me- as a, an underdog special in my in my uh Saturday morning uh like closing line show for SBR. One of I didn't I didn't get but two of them right this week. Of, the, of all the ones I gave out, but I gave out Michigan State, and I thought it was going to be a perfect day because, hell, the first one hit, and I gave out San Diego State. I hit the first one, hit the last one. Missed all the rest in between. Uh, Larry jumped in. He said he's very disappointed with the line on both sides. Yes, the offensive line uh, well, cannot yeah, block. Yeah, they should be. And and the defensive line cannot get a stop. Who do you put this on, okay? Because I know you're a fan of this team. I know you're a fan of this coaching staff. Who do you put this on for this front seven and this offensive line, the front five, to be this bad and getting pushed around two weeks in a row, bullied by teams that are smaller than them. I mean, this is I mean, it. Just goes right to the top. It's just Kyle Winningham. Like it's it, he's he, a really good coach, right? Like yes. he didn't just forget how to do this, right? Or do you think there's some just? Is this a thing where I've been here too long and these just kids aren't listening to me anymore? And it's just fresh no, time, fresh. You you get fresh kids in all the time and whatnot. But I, I do wonder about you know it, it, different teams have handled. There? He's been there like twenty years. He's he's the guy that replaced Urban. Like yeah, that's what I'm about to say. But I know that you get fresh kids every time. There's a reason no coach lasts more than ten years at a school. Agreed. 
Because at some point in time, something needs to change, even though the kids keep coming in. I don't I don't know what that is. But I mean, this, there's a reason team, no coach lasts more than 10 years. This team was uh, a win over Oregon away from making the playoff just two years ago. Yeah. And, and they got demolished in that game. Um, well, I was about to say, and I think they would have gotten demolished in the playoffs. I, I think they had kind of a weird season. Good season, great season for them, but I think that was a little bit of a fraudulent team. When they played somebody good, they finally got their ass kicked. Yeah. Tyler Huntley now the, uh, what, the backup for the Ravens? Is that right? I think so, So. Yeah. Uh, and he was the quarterback for that team, and they, you know, they had a good running attack. They had all kind of stuff going on. So, I, uh, I don't know what is going on with Utah. Uh, Charlie Brewer, it, like, it, I don't put the blame on him because they figured out the quarterback position. They just, their defense can't get stops, and I've never seen that under Whittingham. Like he, I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need Brown ready to, uh, to retract his statement. Uh, Oregon is look at the Pac-12 and thinking the second team behind them is Stanford, and they aren't good. Uh, I don't know that I disagree with that. Who? That's your, no, you're, you're insane. You're insane. Who, who's UCLA the second best team in the back 20? Who? Who? Who's, UCLA. UCLA. UCLA is still the second best team in the. Still, still not close either. Not close. Even after they get beat at home by Fresno. That's right. That's okay. Right. You can lose the game. You can lose the game. Stanford didn't score against Kansas state. Agreed. I, I look at that differently. They had a different quarterback. I, I don't give a shit. Okay. We, we will not good at football. Hey, this is the wonderful thing about it. We're only in week three. We get to watch how it plays out, right? Stanford's <laughs> a bad football team. They beat up on whatever the hell happened at USC. And then they go into Nashville and they beat up maybe 125th out of 130 college football teams at Vanderbilt. And now we're going to claim them as the second best team in the back 12. Give me a goddamn break. <laughs> Uh, Larry Pilgrim, uh, Pilgrim said the youth is showing for Utah this year. Um, it, no, this is supposed to be an experienced line at this point. Like I would it, say they're an experienced team, right? Yeah, when he said that, I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Did they return a shitload of guys? Yes, yes. Uh, Casey said Fresno is really good. Uh, and then Casey Fresno's about, really good. Loose, yeah. That loss is not going to look bad at the end of the year. No, I think I think you're I think you're right. Uh, Brown Eater said, so Fresno State is better than 10 Pac-12 teams. <laughs> yes. And, yes, it's yeah. possible. Okay, now that, that I'll give you. All that. Right. Is a true statement. I got I got two other games that I won't hit. Okay, um, very quick. Let's roll. Utah State forty nine, Air Force forty five, and this was another one of those fun. You know, it, it's not Pac twelve, but uh, Mountain West after dark kind of. How whatever. fun is Mike Anderson to watch? Uh, uh, Blake Anderson, football. yeah. Oh Blake my. Anderson, Blake Anderson, shit, yeah. So, Air Force uh, gave up thirty one uh, uh, passes, thirty one out of fifty. For 448 yards, yeah. five touchdowns, one interception here. Um, and on top of that, Utah State ran the ball 39 times for 180 yards with two touchdowns. He has completely shifted Utah State. They are 3-0 with a win over Air Force and a win over Washington State. And I think they have a chance to be competitive in the Mountain West. I think they could win the Mountain West. G- give me your thoughts here. What is going on? I, I like the Mountain West a lot better than we have. Okay. I just told you Fresno's really good. San Diego State's really good. I still think, um, holy crap, who went out to Hawaii? My brain just San, went San Jose State. Dumb. Yeah. San Jose. San Jose, really good. I think the Mountain West, and then I'm, we're not going to sleep on Boise too much. Okay. Boise got beat by a really frustrated and pissed off Oklahoma State team. Mountain West is fun. Mount West is what the American was a couple years ago. They're a lot of fun. 
Uh, so, hey, hey, I want to come. Matt Miller said we need a bad team playoff. UConn, Vandy, Kansas, and one other. That'll be New Mexico State. And Van, <laughs> Vanderbilt, not Vanderbilt, Kansas would beat all those teams by 25. Yes. All of them by 25. Yes, 100%. 100%. Not close. But that's because Lance Leopold is the only coach in that bunch. You could take, you could combine those other three teams and put together your, I guess, all-star team from those three squads and all the best coaches from them. And Lance Leopold beats the shit out of all of them. So yes. either here or there. Uh, what was I saying? Mountain West, they're awesome. Utah State, they're fun. I'm not chalking it up yet, though, man. Don't don't sleep on Fresno to win this thing. Don't sleep on San Diego State to win this thing. And Boise still, they're still the big boy in the bunch. Until yes. a, until a Mountain West team beats them, it's hard to pick against Boise right now. And you know I hate chalk, so. Oh, yeah. Uh, Utah State, 628 yards of total offense. Uh, Air Force had 617 themselves. Uh, this was bananas. I was more impressed with Air Force than, than Utah State, actually, because I kind of thought Utah State might kick the shit out of them. Air Force scored a lot. Of course, this is a Blake Anderson football team where yeah. we score a lot of points and we don't play defense. And I love it. It makes so much fun football to watch. Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, this was, I mean, it was just back and forth the whole time. Like, it was unbelievable. Uh, Air Force got the ball back um, with three minutes and 54 seconds with a shot to go down and, and score the game-winning touchdown. And they fumbled at, what, the 25, I want to say? Uh, somewhere, or no, the 38. No, 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 it was like the 25. It was, it, it, either way, they fumbled the ball away at the end of the game. And, and yeah, Utah State comes away with a win. Uh, Casey said he had Utah State plus nine and a half. Look, I, I got them later. I got them at eight and a half. Uh, I guess on like Wednesday. They, but they were catching. They were catching points, and I yeah. thought the wrong. I thought this game should have been close to a pick 'em, and the line was oh, a touchdown or over a touchdown. Overvalued hey, let me tell you something that's over criminal. Yeah, oh, overvalued. Can I, can they, I give you something criminal? Go ahead. Criminal, just absolute criminal. I just looked at the schedule for next weekend. That Boise Utah State game is an 11 a.m. Central Time kickoff. That is a 9 a.m. local time kickoff. It's 11 a.m. Central? Oh, is it on Is it on Big Fox? It's on It's on CBS. Oh, it's on C- Well, I'm sure it's CBS Sports, probably. Interesting. It's a, it's a CBS network. No, it might be CBS, real CBS, because it says CBS, not CBSS. 11 wow. a.m.? That's criminal. Somebody needs to go to jail for that. That's uh that is a you're deal. gonna you're gonna put that this is Boise State right here pulling some bullshit. I mean that's it, it's, that's it's, Boise State getting the Alabama treatment. We don't want to play this team that scores a whole lot of points at at six o'clock at night. We want to play them at eleven at nine a.m. in the morning. It is it's big time CBS. It's, it's big boy CBS. Yeah, that's, that's uh, bullshit. That is that is some chicanery if I've ever seen it. That is Alabama pull. That's uh, but it's at or it's at Utah State. Like I, that's going to be a fun game. Yeah, that's going to be a fun game. Um, Casey said that that's, worries me a little. That's absolute. <laughs> that absolute pisses me off. Yeah, it pisses me off. That's uh, I, I'll that tell you only this. helps Boise, right? That only helps Boise. I I don't to know. Play this game at nine a.m. No, I don't. I don't One team so. is a big physical team, and the other team is a finesse team that is built with nothing but speed. Speed is harder to wake up than than just pushing somebody around. Yeah, okay, I I, I feel you. I feel you. That's a, yeah. That's going to be interesting. That's going to be interesting. You so. don't wake up at nine a.m. and run sprints, but you can wake up at nine a.m. and knock out a bunch of push-ups. That's true. That's true. All right. Uh, last game up. 
North Carolina 59. Now I'm mad. Now I'm mad, damn it. <laughs> North Carolina 59, Virginia 39. Um, Virginia, this was this game was drunk. This game was drunk as hell. Well, halftime, hang on. Halftime, we had a hell of a ball game, and I was in this mother because yes. I got Virginia plus the points, and I got Virginia on money line. And I was up by three. Virginia's going tit for tat with them. It was way more scoring than I thought I was going to get. But we had a ball game in the second half. Sam Howe, what he did in the second half is illegal in like 38 states, okay? It, it you took just them, can't pull your junk out like that and show it to people. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, it's yeah, absolutely. He, he was a flasher. He was That's what he was doing. Uh, Brennan Armstrong, though, for Virginia, I, I will tell you this. There are people on that Hell staff. No, there, there are people on that staff at Virginia that do not know who this kid is. They have no that's idea insane. what is going. No, that's I, I'm, insane. I'm saying, like, he came out of nowhere. He yeah. was not supposed to be this kind of kid. 39 out of 54, 554 oh. yards, four he, touchdowns, one pick. Um, he was unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. He's really special. Now, he's Vir- really good. Virginia running the ball. Is he the best quarterback that you've ever seen in Virginia? Because have we seen Virginia with a really good quarterback before? Yeah, what was the kid you they had? You and me. Maybe not our grandparents. What What was the kid that uh, that they had that took him to the Orange Bowl a few years ago, a couple years ago? He wasn't like a great I, I, I pure think they passer. did that. I, I did. I think they. I think they did that with uh, defense and running the football. Yeah, it was mostly that. It was mostly that. Um, I don't, I, yeah, that, that I, kid I think, I think this this might be the best quarterback we've ever seen in Virginia. Um, yeah, I think so. I think just pure quarterback. Like he's he's fantastic. Uh, Casey said Virginia threw the game away, gave away two touchdowns early, still had a lead at the half. Uh, yeah, because I I had Virginia as well and and missed, but that's what you're gonna have. Sam Howell. Yeah. Oh. Uh, look, fourteen out of twenty one for three hundred seven yards, five touchdowns, one pick. He ran the ball 15 times for 112 yards. And, and Ty Chandler, like we, Chandler. we talked about they had to get their running game going. And they finally he got the running game going. almost put a 200-burger on them. 20 carries for 198 yards. Average 9.9 a carry, two oh. touchdowns. Un- unreal. He is, he, is, he, he is this close to 10 yards a touch, Gary. Josh Downs, the wide receiver. Eight receptions, yeah. 203 yards, two touchdowns. They got their guys. They yeah. got their guys. I mean, just... This offense, it took them about three weeks to figure this thing out, but they finally have this thing running like a damn machine. Yes. This Phil Longo offense is is rolling, and the the Jay Bates, uh, Bateman uh, defense, I mean, 22 carries, 24 yards, and, and only one touchdown for Virginia running the ball. Yeah. Like, Bronco likes to run the ball. Well, not in this game. They threw the shit out of it. Oh yeah, I mean they had to. They, they were to. they were in this game. I don't think this was a coaching mismatch. I don't think there was mistakes. I think I think North Carolina's defense made a couple of big plays on third down to get Virginia off the field on the second half. And every time they did, they capitalized. Yeah. No, one hundred percent. Like I just think that's. I don't. I don't think anybody made any big mistakes. I don't think the turnovers killed them. I don't think. I don't think any bonehead things happened. I think North Carolina on a couple of big third downs got big boy plays, and they capitalized every time they did it. Every drive in the second half for North Carolina, uh, five plays, seventy-four yards, touchdown. Nine plays, thirty-seven yep. yards, touchdown. Uh, yeah, that, that was a short plays. drive. That was the yeah. easy one right there. Eight plays, 75 yards, touchdown. Nine plays, 70 yards, touchdown. Eight plays, 65 yards, touchdown. Yeah. I mean, just ridiculous. Uh, Casey said, look for UNC to lose to a bad team soon. Uh, he said, UNC is a joke and Virginia should be ashamed. <laughs> I, I thought this was exciting football. I was on the wrong side of it. I, and I, This in Virginia Tech game, 
were about as flip-flopped as they could be in the sense of I thought I was out of that game early and then I believed late. This game, I thought I was in it the whole time and the second half started. And by the middle of the third quarter, I thought Virginia can't keep up. Nope. Virginia went went bam for bam with them in the first half. And in the second half, it just it just couldn't do it. North Carolina, one yard defense away. defense just ran out of gas. Oh, yeah. One, one yard away from 700 for North Carolina for the game. Total offense. Yeah. Just ridiculous. So, all right. And they did it running, and they did it throwing. Yes. It was incredible. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. All right. The show brought to you by BetUS, where the game begins. Go and sign up with the promo code NCAAF2021. The link is in the description. You'll get a 125% deposit bonus up to $2,500, and it is sportsbook exclusive. So go and check it out. Again, link in the description. Just click that link, and it will put in the promo code for you. Make sure you sign up because that is where you need to be gambling all football season long. We still got a long ways to go this year. Uh, along with that, my friends, go to winningcureseverything.com. Every show that we do, every appearance that we make, all that good stuff, everybody that you need to follow or subscribe is going to be right there. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. Make sure that you leave a nice five-star review. If you are not subscribed to YouTube already, please do that. We're shooting for 5,000 by the end of the football season, and we are on pace to get there within like a month and a half or something. So, Go ahead and do that for us. Like the video, uh, subscribe, share the show out, all that good stuff. Uh, the Bet US College Football Show, link is in the description. I do that on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Chris does the SBR College Football Show on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Saturdays. So make sure and subscribe to both. The links are in the description. Chris, is there anything else that we need to hit on? Uh, I, I want to say one quick thing. There's a guy that that I just I worship and I love, Coach Kelly, at the Blue Hose with Presbyterian. They beat the shit out of two teams uh, the first two weeks of the season. And uh, yesterday they got beat by 60-something. And it was a drumming. Coach Kelly's a uh, really good follow on Twitter. And uh, let me get his Twitter. It's just, uh, just at Coach Kelly one. Okay. And um, he took complete responsibility. You just don't see this anymore of personal accountability. Uh, this guy just impresses me more and more and more. He just got his ass whipped. And it had been real easy to say nothing. And his thing was, as the media blew us up and talked about us and praised us the first two weeks and, and, and did all these positive things and supported our kids and talked about how innovative what we did. He said, this game, we got destroyed. It was a hundred percent my fault. And the media needs to cover that as well. And, and they need to understand it's not on the kids. It's on me. Um, we just, we just don't see men like that. Yeah. No, I, I, was I, impressed do by it. I do agree. He, uh, this is what's going to happen with those uh, the analytical games, right, where you don't punt yeah. and all that. You go for it all the time. It, you're going to have games where you don't convert on fourth down. And when you don't convert right. and you give up short fields, you're going to get demolished sometimes. Um, That's right. It's still a really fun way to play. It's still a really fun no, way. No, to- but I just, I just respect the guy because it would be real easy to say what you just said yeah. and explain it away, and he doesn't even try. He just, he, yeah. he just says – the media talks about us when we're good. It's fair that the media talks about us when we're bad. Yes. Yes. You are correct. You are correct. All right. Let's go ahead and get out of here. We got some NFL games to watch on go. Sunday so that we can uh, maybe give out some some decent picks on, uh, on the Wednesday show. So with that said, you guys have been fantastic. Thank you to everybody that jumped in on the chat this morning. Everybody that joined us, we appreciate it. The numbers are growing, and you guys are the biggest reason for that. We cannot thank you enough. So with that said... Uh, we're not even going to do the intro mu- or the outro music, anything like that. We are just going to get out of here. You guys have been fantastic. We will uh, see you again on, what, Wednesday show. Uh, so take care of yourself, take care of each other, and hopefully all of you tickets cash this week.
Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at Gary WCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.